day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 104, Bringing Life to Mangas. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have June as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm well, sir. I'm, I'm actually going to ask uh, one more time, if you don't mind, um, just, just, to, just to give your audience some, some authenticity to the topic. It's pronounced manga. I'm, so, I'm really sorry to interrupt you and correct <laughs> you in this manner, but I don't want your audience to go, hey, that's pronounced as manga, stupid Alex, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Manga. There we go. Like, say manga. Sometimes I say manga. I... Just look, looking out for you. That's all. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I want them to criticize me. I want them to. You know oh, how the, well, the internet works. If you that, do something bad. In that case, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> it's it's called manga. Yeah, manga. <laughs> manga. That's right. Yeah. That's the correct pronunciation. The way the reason why I'm doing it is so people criticize and they come look online because apparently bad press oh, sells right now. Oh, oh, but yeah, oh. you are correct. Manga. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I will pronounce it. I've been reading it for many many years, so I will pronounce it correctly manga yes so today we're i'm your host alex and today i have june as my guest on the show am i pronouncing your name correctly yes sir you are perfect perfect all right that's at least one thing i'm doing right <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about manga dubbing production but before we do that who is june well uh, there's a book no there's no book i'm uh, <laughs> I'm a full-time uh, Korean voice actor in the Los Angeles area with over 20 years of acting training and producing and directing and editing and teaching. Um, I make my living in a small box yelling into a microphone. That sounds about right. I do the same thing. Yikes. <laughs> and people, apparently some people want me to shut up, but apparently that's impossible. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to try to talk less today. It's all about you and we're going to jump right into the topic. But before we do that... Do you have any social media links or websites or even projects you're working on that you would love people to come check out? Absolutely. Uh, my website is voicemoto.com. That's voice as in human voice and moto like a motorcycle, M-O-T-O.com. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, all the socials under voice moto and um, YouTube as well. I have a two separate YouTube channels running, one for my main business as a voice actor and a separate one for just for manga dubs only. Um, that's Voice Moto as well as Kimchi Studio. So the better question to ask you would be, where are you not located? That seems like it would be a shorter <laughs> answer, but that's perfect. I'll put all that information in the description below so people can come check you out, show some love, show some support and follow and just watch you grow. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, there's I push out content on uh, every single day. So I encourage you to subscribe and laugh and have messages of positivity and hope and empathy pushed upon you as I do my followers. <laughs> wow. Every single day? Okay, you're putting me to shame. I, I do this podcast once a week. Okay, okay. I got to step up my game. Thank you th for just, you know, putting the standards way up there. <laughs> Let's get to it, Alex. Come on. All right. Today, two episodes. Tomorrow, three episodes. Next week, we'll do 50 episodes in one day. Not possible, but let's do it. <laughs> so yes, I've, we've put you guys on hold long enough. Today we're going to be talking about manga dubbing production. So what is that exactly for people who might not know what it is? Yes, sir. Manga is a uh, Japanese term for comic books, essentially speaking. It's a Japanese culture, comic books where most anime are der uh, derived from. And it's essentially picture books with words that are in them. And the dubbing process, of course, is hiring and using voice actors to actually characterize um, the characters that are in those pages. Of course, the production aspect is the same as with any other production. Um, there's a pre-production process, casting process, production process, post-production, and publication. And uh, I go through each of those with a careful 
and a very um, loving, if you will, <laughs> and passion and passionate, um, passionate comb. I'm, I'm, I always strive to put out as best quality product as possible at my current state in the game. And speaking of the current state, I'm sure it wasn't always like this. You probably start off with like simpler times where you were just trying to figure things out. So how did you actually get introduced to this hobby? As a voice actor working in the field, I saw a need for um, more collaboration and networking between voice actors. Um, the nature of the job is such an isolated and solopreneur type of an, uh, type of a work where I'm literally by myself inside my booth all day. So <laughs> the need for outreach and connection and networking and some camaraderie with other voice actors was sorely needed. So I took the charge upon myself to create a group of voice actors that I've uh, hand-selected, and we started producing various comic dubs from American and other comic artists from around the world. Um, some of the names include names like uh, Suji Yi, who's a Korean comic artist who's famous, who's known for Cat and Cat comics. Uh, I work closely with uh, with Chris Hallbeck, who's really well known for his style of uh, illustration. And they typically produce four panel short stories. And um, those don't take a lot of time to voice and put together. And I have I also have extensive knowledge and experience in Final Cut Pro. So combined with my knowledge and experience as a voice actor on the production side as a, as a director and producer and the video editing from the Final Cut experience, I was able to put those voice actors to work for free, unfortunately, <laughs> and myself as well, and then put out, put out these 10, 20, 30 second comics. Before long, the popularity um, got caught on and we started doing more and more, expanding out to other realms of comics, manga included. I'm a huge anime fanatic and um, it was just a natural connection to go from four panel simple comic dubs to 15 minute long season episode running uh, manga series. Series? Manga series. <laughs> I don't know if that's, that's, a word, that's a word. I can't it talk. Is now. It is now. Don't worry. I can't talk. Now either. it is. I said manga. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of how it came about. Currently, a team of voice actors and I are producing a call, uh, producing a series called uh, My Senpai is Unknowing. Um, senpai ga uzai, kohai no hanashi in Japanese. Uh, really, really cute and wholesome and romantic comedy slice of life kind of a story between these two opposite characters at a workplace. And it's a really fun and endearing and uplifting and positive story. And I just find so much joy and happiness in being able to produce and act in it as well as to elevate the other voice actors that are in it with me. You know what's interesting? Before we're doing this interview, when you contacted me, I'm like, this is so interesting. I've never heard of this before. So I went to go check out your YouTube channel and it's so well produced and it's so calming. The sound effects, the timing, the voices, the tones, the the connection between the characters is amazing. And I, I applaud. I applaud you for the hard work <laughs> you put into it. And on the note that all this work you do, do you actually still own the first thing you've created? Are you like, you know what? Nope, that's gone forever. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I do have the very first thing that I have created. I'd be more, I'd be more than willing to share that YouTube link with you. But it was this uh, GIF that was, that I found on Reddit one day of uh, this dog that's laying down, and this cat is like grooming the dog because they're uh, there's a, they're a pack. And there were some captions that were displaying on top, and I thought it'd be really fun to kind of put voices to that. 
And uh, I applied this really evil cat voice <laughs> and <laughs> who's kneading this dog's head. I listen to it now and <laughs> I, I still appreciate it for what it was. At the same time, it's it's a cringe fest all over the place. <laughs> but I'm proud of where I am and I appreciate and respect and honor, uh, honor the path that I've walked so far. I still have my very first audio recording that I've done in the corner of my garage with towels hanging around me before I was able to uh, afford and step into a studio setup that I have now. And it's it's nothing but appreciation and, and humbleness. That's also a word yeah, from yeah, now yeah. on. We're, um, we're making up new words now. <laughs> this is this is the podcast. I know I said mangas. Or it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could definitely do this. This is our episode. This is Black, our Black King Kang Tong Tang. So there you go. <laughs> It's it's there's just mile markers in my journey in this in this profession and career so far. And and I have nothing but appreciation and love for everyone who's been a part of it so far. And to a certain degree, I do agree with you that keeping your first creation makes you just look back saying, wow, this is this is humble beginnings. This is where I came from. I might have been like not the best at doing this, but looking back at it is like, well, I put in the effort. I believed in something. And many years later, many trials and error later, here you are. And I'm sure 10 years from now, you're going to look back saying, you know what? I got a lot better. And then 10 years from that, I'm not saying you're not good. I'm saying you're great. It's just that as we keep doing it, we get better, right? Absolutely. And you're at, 100, you're at episode 104. Yeah. I can only imagine what your episode one sounded like, <laughs> <laughs> which would have been awesome. It was sporadic. It's still up there. I kept it. And uh, I've been producing audio for over 10 years. So uh it's it's fun. So we're in the same boat of production. And I just did an episode before <laughs> yours today about production. So today is just the official production recording day. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But now you are also talking about your studio, how you upgraded from the past where you used to have towels and just in a corner, but now you've upgraded your studio. What does your studio look like? I'm currently recording from uh, inside my acoustically treated whisper room. I'm using a uh, Sennheiser 416 shotgun microphone connected to a UA Apollo Twin Mark II using a Mogami cable because interference is a problem everywhere. I use the Audio-Technica ATH MX M30X as in addition to PreSonus monitors for uh, as accurate a sound as I can get. I still need to work on the exterior of this booth to treat it, treat it so I can get better uh, accurate sound, I suppose. But uh, the setup is working for me so far, and eventually I'd li also like to upgrade my uh, my interface to an Avalon 737. Those tubes are, ooh, just, <laughs> ooh, you know, one of these days, one of these. I've heard very, very good things about the UA plugin that emulates the, th the 737. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. You got time. You got time, and it, you definitely have passion. So I can see you. Like, imagine <laughs> just after this episode, you're like, Alex, I just bought it. I'm like, you know what? I was just so inspired from this conversation. I'm like, I bought it. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're a negative influence on me, Alex. I the don't know. Best. I can't spend any more money. I'm the best influence. <laughs> and uh, so you were mentioning a little earlier on that you tend to isolate, not by choice, but you tend to record by yourself. Do you prefer recording by yourself? Or let's say you have people come over and then you work at it as a team. Now, typically, not typically, it's always best when a voice actor is recording with somebody else simultaneously, either in the same space or virtually connected, kind of like you and me are now. A lot of the work that's out there is produced by uh, individual voice actor, by him herself. 
and the producer and the director would put it would put it all together in the end. The manga dubs that I do are also performed individually with the specific directions that I give the voice actors. Um, I know what I know what the scene would sound like in the end, so I'm able to direct my voice actors to. Uh, assume certain contexts and in that scene as as a character, the motivation, emotion, all these things that I that I know how to do as an actor and as a teacher and as a director. And then when you when and then I'm able to put it together on my own um, and it turns out into a and it's and it turns out into a product that sounds like it was recorded together, if that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. And like you said, it's really important to find a team and colleagues or employees or just uh, friends or people that do it with that you work well together or else it could be quite, quite dreadful. Oh, absolutely. Finding the finding of good cast uh, that are easy to work with, professional in, bo- in both their conduct and work habits, work ethics is absolutely surmount- uh, crucial crucial to any production absolutely yeah that's why every single guest that comes on this podcast is crucial to my production and has been perfect so far so you're just adding on to that list (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate that sir indeed and so you were talking about the type of uh, mangas you're doing and slice of life is one of the uh, genres are there any other ones that you like to do and what are some challenges between each one of them now i would eventually like to venture out to other genres of manga and there are thousands upon thousands of titles that vary in in genres as well as as well as um fusions of different genres now uh so really the limitation is not a limit anymore the, the sky literally is the limit at the current time, uh, slice of life romantic comedy seems to be my genre that I tend to be tend to appeal the most to. Um, I'm a firm believer of producing content that heal that that feeds my soul, that brings happiness to my to me and myself only. I'm a bit selfish that way. Thankfully and and fortunately, my audiences also tend to appreciate the positivity. And the uh, wholesomeness that I put out in my content. So for the current for the time for the current time being, that's the genre that I'm going to stay in. And as time goes on, as naturally things happen, I'm sure I'll get bored or want to ex- <laughs> want to try to explore into other genres of manga dubs as well. Um, and at, when that time comes, I'm more than willing to try different areas of uh, different different genres of manga dubs as well. And yeah, the more you do it, the more experience you're going to get. And it's going to probably be easier to just transfer that experience to a different genre, which is usually a pretty good thing to do. Just transferable energy. Absolutely. And this might be a very, very tough question. So be ready for it. But what I'm ready. What, on a personal level, what would you say is the best part about being a manga dub producer? Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you a story. Um <laughs> Before becoming a voice actor, I worked as a high school theater teacher for over a decade. Um, and I tell this story to uh, to anybody who asks. Um, and the best part of being a theater educator was not the satisfaction I get as a teacher, but it was more on the students' faces, the student actors' faces on, on opening night. Let me kind of paint a picture for you here real quick. And the actors that are listening to this currently know exactly what I'm talking about. There is a, a special kind of energy that exists in the theater on opening night. Um, it's a mix of nerves and excitement and anxiety and all these things are propagating into the actors' bodies and minds. 
And there's a sense of relief, very cathartic relief that comes at the very last blackout before the curtain call. And everybody takes a deep breath and, and exhales. And when they make their way to the stage for the curtain call, I, may, I make it a tradition to blast them with as much light as possible in one moment. <laughs> and when that happens, the actors on stage, for the very first time, get to see the audience members that are sitting there, um, illuminated by all the wash of light that's bouncing off the set. And they get to see their audience's faces for the very first time. And the expression on the individual actors' faces of, of surprise, shock, happiness, and, and, and embarrassment for some, um, but this supreme joy. And, and, that, and those facial expressions and that split second of, oh my God, we did it, <laughs> is absolutely priceless to me as I watch from the backstage. And that, that gives me the greatest joy. And as it relates to these manga dub productions, when they become, when they, when the, when an episode is finalized and it's and, and it's uploaded to YouTube and it's posted to various places, the love that pours in, as many or as few that happens, is an individual reminders of those faces to me, in the audience and on the on the on the actors' faces to me. It gives me so much joy and and pleasure and happiness and just just absolute contentment to see the actors that I've worked with receive recognition that way. And that's, that's, that's the reason I do it. I call it, a pa I call it a passion project, and it truly is in every sense of the word, but I, I have a strong passion about collaborating with other creatives and elevating them higher than I can go. You know what? It's those little moments that make life grand. And I can imagine like you, you have such enthusiastic like personality, like you would just bounce off other people and then people would feed off of your energy and vice versa and then would make your production efficient, but also very fun. And yeah, absolutely so. And in any acting capacity, whether it's on stage, on camera, on TV or, or behind the microphone, I'm a firm believer of fun. And we call these things in the, in the theater, we call these things plays for a reason. and the best acting, best characterization, the best storytelling comes out of each and every performer when they're having fun. And I try to instill, instill that as much as I can in all of my productions. And you know what? I'm currently having fun with this conversation. So hopefully it does turn out <laughs> into a great production. You know what? Sorry, screw that. It will be a great production. It will not like it will turn out. It will be. Yes. Guaranteed. That's an Alex stamp right there. And in order to do that, this is a weird, very odd segue, but you know, I want to make sure everything turns out well, the quality sound turns well. But for you, when it comes to the actual production aspect, would you consider yourself a perfectionist? And when you complete a project, do you keep trying to look back at it? It's like, oh, I could have done better there, there, and there. <laughs> Perfect question. It's a yes and a no. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk the line here a little bit. It's a yes and a no. It's a yes in a way that I want to ensure that the quality of the storytelling the characterization, delivery of the lines according to the context, delivery of the lines, the uh, quality of the quality of the character, um, the accuracy of the context is, is all delivered in a perfectly weaved and balanced and authentic storytelling as possible. So in that regards, background music, um, how does it elevate the mood and character, uh, sound effects, how accurate levels, reverb, so on and so forth. 
in that aspect, I'm a bit of a perfectionist because I want this quality to shine and be recognized as something that's worth watching and worth listening to. At the same time, I'm not a perfectionist in, the, in a context that as a voice actor whose job is to audition. And if I, if I book a project, it's cherry on the top. But I, cons- I consider my job as an auditioning actor. And um, on a daily basis, I face rejections. A lot of no's and slam doors and silent, silent treatments from potential clients, both in auditions and marketing and outreach and all of the above. So ask, ask any actor, stage, film, TV, voice, we are all used to uh, rejections. Um, and when you when you and when a person is dealing with so much rejection, uh, there has to be a coping mechanism of some kind. Otherwise, we'd mm-hmm. all go crazy. Mm-hmm. And for most actors, the coping mechanism is to let go, to face the imperfections, to reframe the mindset, if you will, from perfection to progress. Perhaps um, it's part of the reason why I still keep the old audition files, the old projects still around. Uh, we briefly touched touched on it before, but revisiting old stuff o- of older and, and less caliber reminds me of how far I've come. Despite all the rejections, despite the imperfections that I used to face, certainly everybody goes through that. This is not good enough. I can't put this out there, uh, A, B, and C. At the same time, Having been in this industry for the number of years that I have been and having experienced various projects and roles, I've come to realize that letting go is okay. That imperfection is okay. As a matter of fact, imperfection is part of who we are as human beings. And uh, there are really great clients out there who see that and appreciate that, if you will. So it's a yes and a no. <laughs> yes, in terms of uh, I want to put out the best quality that I can to to elevate the other other voice actors and other people that are involved in the project to shine as best they can. At the same time, I'm not a perfectionist. And I'm willing to let go of things for the sake of mental health, physical health, uh, and to recognize that I'm only a human. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. And it also it makes it more inviting in a sense where you're like, oh. He's a human. He makes mistakes. Cool. And it just makes it more realistic. Like this podcast, I make a lot of mistakes. Hopefully people enjoy them. It sounds weird saying that. Like, (laughs) hope you guys enjoy my mistakes because, you know, I'm human too. I'm not a robot. But you were talking about like some old projects you would just move past and try something new. Do you ever revisit an old project to just get inspiration and try to improve it? Oh, I sure do. Um, As a matter of fact, the very first manga dub I, pre- I, I made with a team of voice actors is called Sweetness and Lightning, a really d- endearing story of a single father and his daughter, a uh, slice of life. And I revisit it every now and then. And going through the clips and the moments, um, there are so many things that I could that I would do differently today. Um, it, it really hasn't been that long either. And uh, there are a, there's a list of things that I would do differently. At the same time, I appreciate it because it it's a because it was a process. It was part of a process. It was part of a progression to where I am now. Things like animating the words that are coming on screen, matching the font in the original manga pages, little details like that, timing of the storytelling, background colors. <laughs> there are so many elements that I would do differently. At the same time, I appreciate it for what it is. And what it is is beautiful. 
And at the end of the day, <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, that's so kind. There's a key word you said in all that was anime. So animation and animating. And now another side of manga is sometimes mangas turn into animes and vice versa. And animes usually get dubbed versions. What if you have any experience in this? But what are some key differences between manga dubbing and anime dubbing? But at the current moment, there really is no existing market, if you will, for manga dubbing.、Um, there aren't any production companies that I'm aware of that are professionally dubbing mangas per se. I would love for there to be one. Maybe I'll start with the first one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. I completely agree. The anime dubbing,、uh, the key difference, of course, would be the moving pictures versus still pictures.、Uh, manga as As it as it is is、uh, is a bunch of images that are not moving that are just animated without a traditional animation that you think of when you hear the word animation. Rather, it's、uh, sliding of images, texts that appear on screen, but the pictures themselves don't move like an animation, if you will. But the story is still told through timing and music and all the other things that are, that an anime anime employees. But dubbing for anime, of course, is vastly different. It's a it's a huge market、uh, for around the world,、uh, very big here in the U.S. as well.、Um, big companies like Funimation, Bang Zoom, and many others that are producing really really great content across Crunchyroll, VRB, other、uh, Rooster Rooster Teeth, many other、uh, companies and genres and areas. Uh, the most difficult thing, of course, is the matching of the lip flap. We call it a, a mouth flap, lip flap, where the characters' mouths are moving in a certain dialogue, and a voice actor has to match the timing of those lip flaps, and that becomes a big challenge. That becomes one of the key areas that a dubbing director、uh, focuses on in a given session. There are uber famous voice actors that are dubbing these large. Large productions and anime series, series. Here we go again, <laughs> <laughs> out here, and and the fame and the artistry and the process is is absolutely mind blowing. Talk about multitasking. The the anime dubbing voice actors, I have so much respect for because they are able to deploy and and creatively use their craft in such a complicated way. Uh, imagine there's a screen in front of you, and that's playing the anime in the visuals of the character that that you'll be dubbing over. Not only do you have to keep your eye on the mouth flap so that you know when to start and when to stop your line, you have to time your delivery to that length. At the same time, you have to look at the script so so, so you know what to say. At the same time, you have to embody the character and the intention and delivery of the performance in the in the right context. And have to listen to the director's beeps in your headphones as you do that at the same time. So it's like juggling a tiger, flamethrower, a lawnmower, and a chainsaw at the same time, <laughs> and doing it flawlessly. I have immense respect for our ADR automatic dialogue replacement ADR process and the voice actors that work in that realm. Now I know this is not necessarily in your field of manga dubbing, but I've always been curious. Whenever, let's say, I don't usually watch dubbed animes; I watch、uh, in the original language. But when you watch a dubbed anime, sometimes you hear, the, you know, let's say, the language of choice, but then the subtitles are different from the actual thing. I was always wondering、mm-hmm. why would they not follow each other. I don't know if you have an answer for that, but it, do you know? Yeah, certainly the dubbed words that come out. Well, it's twofold. First of all. First,、um, sometimes the translation from Japanese to English 
can be a bit awkward. And I use the word awkward and not incorrect or inaccurate because we are dealing with two very different languages and two vastly different cultures. I face that problem myself as a Korean voice actor. I, I'm often asked by various clients, potential and existing, to translate stuff between English and Korean. Thankfully, my clients under, understand the concept that Korea and America, Japan and America, are vastly different cultures with meanings and the, the delivery of a sentence or a word is vastly different. I don't know how else to describe it. So when people think about anime dubbing, it's not simply a translation of the Japanese uh, lines into English, but the audience has to recognize that it's more of the process of localization rather than translation. And anybody who's listening here who listens to anime OSTs, a music from anime songs, Japanese songs that are that are sung in English, uh, is that that's a really good example. Um, if they if those cover art cover if if those music cover artists sang direct translation from Japanese to English, it wouldn't make any <laughs> sense. None at all. But it's a process of localization. The same process goes for other other media. You think about World of Warcraft, um, Overwatch. There are so many video games that are produced in the Asian realm, Asian countries, Korea and other places that are uh, localized to the American American audience and the game players. And those who have access to both languages will see that it wasn't necessarily a direct translation, but rather a localization. And the director in the session also has the right to revise and edit the script as necessary to fit the localization framework rather than translation. Uh, words are super important to any actor. It's a script, and they were written that they were written that way for a reason. At the same time, taking another culture's content and localizing it to another set of audience in a different market is also a skill and an art on its own. You know what? I completely understand where you're coming from now because my wife is Korean, but she also speaks Japanese. So whenever we're watching a movie and there's subtitles or it's turned into dub, she's like, what? No, that's not what they mean. What? That's weird. That's how, what? Okay. <laughs> she's, she's a little perplexed about the whole situation, but in, she explains to me, well, what they're trying to say, that's not a perfect translation, but what they're trying to say is this. But once again, you're right that certain things translated from one language to another will not translate exactly the same way because certain words don't exist in one language or the other and sayings and like, uh, I don't know, a cheesy. I think about idioms. Yeah, you know, idioms, we exactly. Use, That's what I meant. We yeah. use expressions like water under the bridge. Yeah. And if you translated that directly, <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense. It's like, what are you talking about, water under the bridge? <laughs> that's, that's why there's a bridge. Why would you? <laughs> but now back to the actual manga aspect, because it's all about you and your passion for this hobby. You have, I've seen your videos and you have sound effects and music. Do you produce your own music and create your own sound effects or do you find that somewhere or how do you find the right sounds for your productions? I procure them from a sound library that I pay a subscription for called audioblocks.com. It's a really well-known media library that one pays a, pays a yearly subscription to have access to. I believe they also have like stock videos as well that you can use in productions, but I mainly use it for audio, background music, sound effects, so on and so forth. But it doesn't. But that platform doesn't necessarily guarantee that it'll have all the sound effects that I'll need. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna call myself a Foley artist, but <laughs> I have created my own content, uh, sound effects before, 
in the EG Family Can't Be Honest manga dub that's on the YouTube channel, the female character, teenage daughter, gets on her bed and she like tramples about, you know, out of, <laughs> because she's so happy. Legs are fl- flailing on the on the comforter and her hands are going. And I couldn't find anything like that on any of the libraries that I that I uh, frequent of uh, someone just thrashing on top of a mattress. So I was like, OK, <laughs> I took my audio equipment into my bedroom and I thrashed around like an excited teenage girl. There's a new phrase for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I used it and it came out perfectly well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, like actually speaking on the topic of the sound effects, like I've ever, have you ever seen those videos of people who do professional sound effects for movies or TV shows? Sometimes they don't actually use the sound that actual object used. They use something completely different. So let's say, for example, if you want to show a cracked back, somebody would use a plastic bottle. They wouldn't actually go crack somebody's back. Have you ever done something like that? Where let's say instead of the actual bouncing on the bed, maybe you were just punching a pillow. I have so much respect for Foley artists that are out there. Um, yeah, the professionally, the, the sound creators, the Foley artists, so cool. It's just so cool. If I, if I couldn't be a voice actor, I would love to be <laughs> a Foley artist and explore. Yeah. Um, the better one that I've seen was, um, when when they're trying to replicate a bone breaking in a like, martial fight or whatever, you know, they take a bunch of celery and they twist it so it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Uh, anyway, have I done something like that? No. Would I love to? Oh yes. I feel like you're gonna just find some grow uh, some celery in your fridge right now. And you're just like, you know what? This scene deserves <laughs> some bone breaking. It's a romantic scene, but you know what? I need to break a bone or something. <laughs> That's right. You know, yeah. spill wine on her dress and then, uh-oh, <laughs> bones are going to break. <laughs> it's, it's a plot twist. Comes out of nowhere. <laughs> now, another tough question I had for you was, what are some do's and don'ts when it comes to the whole manga dubbing production process? Let's start with the do's. I think that anyone who is thinking about starting a production, not not just limited to manga dubbing production, but anime fan dubs, comic fan dubs, starting a show on YouTube, starting a podcast, whatever it is, I would say that the definite do is to have an actionable set of steps and a plan for the big picture. I've worked with amateur producers as a talent who don't have that structure in their system. And almost always that plan and that project uh, fizzles out. And um, a, a lot of the a lot of the voice actors who are in the aspiring section of their journey will identify with me on this one. Um, there are there are a lot of dub production dub productions that are happening online and the voice actors do have a chance to audition for them and get cast for those roles but a lot of them unfortunately fall through for whatever reasons i suppose but do would be a have the have the discipline have the plan and have the tenacity to carry out the thing as simple as completing what you started out doing uh, would be a do a don't if you're focused on manga production would be to not cast your friends. <laughs> as, as difficult as that as that may sound, friends are not to be cast in a show unless they're working actors, unless they're efficient and and well well versed in the realm that they're trying that you're trying to cast, I guess. But almost always Hiring those who are passionate about the craft always, always ends up in a better product, better story, better video, better whatever. Um, so that would be a don't. 
don't cast your friends, cast from a pool of actors who are passionate about the project. Um, casting is a really, really big portion of any production when it comes to storytelling, both TV, film, screen, voice acting, audio dramas, podcasts, so on and so forth. And finding that team that jives well, that mixes well, who are committed to the project, is a, it can be a challenge. At the same time, as a serious voice actor who's looking for that community, that group, that team, if you will, it's also important to look deeply and carefully into what you're what you are diving into. Yeah, it's all you, can, you don't need to rush everything. You just take your time and you'll eventually find somebody. And it's by conversations like this that we get to connect people together because I had a guy a few episodes ago who he's a voice actor he lives in algeria he taught himself how to do it he had no class and stuff like that and he has the voice acting voice of D david attenborough oh wow nice so he does voice acting for like overwatch some storytelling i'll i'll send you his uh like episodes so you can listen if you want to listen to it and see if you guys can work together i don't know maybe you don't want to but you know what the options there i'm throwing out there i'm just the messenger yeah just like here cupid boop <laughs> maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work, but I did my part. And uh, so talking about just finding the right people, doing working on the current projects and stuff like that, what is your current project you're working on? There are two projects that are running concurrently right now. Um, Sweetness and Lightning is the uh, series that I'm currently working on. Episode one was released quite some time ago. Unfortunately, one of the voice actors had a very personal emergency that had to happen in the, in the middle of the production. So that's kind of a, in a limbo right now. Um, but that production is going to be super interesting as um, that voice actor's situation improves. And we're, uh, we're deploying empathy and, and, and patiently waiting for all of that conflict to resolve. But once that production is back on its feet, it, that series is going to surprise a lot of people and um, hopefully give a lot of positive energy and influence on the audience. The second product, the second project that's running, as I mentioned, as I touched on it a little briefly, is called My Senpai is Unknowing, a comedic love story between these two people in the office and out of the office situation. That's more of a slice of life. But the artist and the storyteller herself, or himself, herself, the story and the artist himself, it's just absolutely phenomenal. There's a there's such a it's such a delicate yet witty and funny and, and sometimes very poignant expose about relationships and what it means to really be in love, what it means to have friends and how we express our affection for each other. It's very multifaceted. And the first time I read through the manga, I, I absolutely fell in love with it. And I told myself, this has to turn into a dub project. And I spent so much time looking just for the right actor for these parts. And I feel like I landed on a, a, such a fortunate and amazingly talented group of voice actors that, I, that, I'm, that I'm so blessed to work with on this production. I, I can't be more thankful and grateful for everybody involved. That's awesome. I love how it turns into a little family at the end. And you guys help each other out and you understand if something, if something comes up, you're understanding for each other and supporting each other. And for now, my podcast, I am a one man family, but my guests are my family. I guess the distant family <laughs> 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 supporting me for that one episode and then uh, supporting me online afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Uncle Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for you, do you uh, it might be a really tough question to answer, but do you have any inspiration when it comes to manga dubbing? 
Let, let's say either it's family members who support you or somebody else who's in the same field of work or anybody. Well, let's rather than support, let's say motivation, perhaps. A lot of, the, a lot of this is self-motivated. Nobody has hired me to produce manga dubs. Nobody has instructed me to produce manga dubs. This is something that I just enjoy doing myself, for myself. As, again, I'm very selfish in that you're regard. <laughs> passionate. <laughs> you're passionate, not selfish. Perhaps that's the better word to describe <laughs> it, but I'm a big proponent of pursuing one's own happiness and, and having enough self-awareness to know what that is. Um, for me, it's being alone in a square in, in this in this box that's squarish now, um, <laughs> yelling into the microphone. It makes me happy. At the same time, what gives me more joy, even more than that, is working with other voice actors to create a story and to to watch them succeed and be elevated. And when you when when I combine those two loves of my life, voice acting and producing these dubs, it just completes this super euphoric almost experience for me that that I can't seem to let go of and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. You know what? It sounds like I'm I'm talking to myself because every time I have a conversation with a guest, I always have the biggest and stupidest smile because I'm just so happy. <laughs> if this was a video podcast, I'd be that idiot just smiling at the camera all the time during the whole one hour interview. It'd be kind of creepy. So that's why it's only audio. But I do understand that it's a thing of passion. And like you said, no one hired me. No one said, hey, Alex, or hey, June, do this. You're like, no, I, I feel like doing this. Cool. I'm doing it. No one asked yeah. you to do it. And you're just loving it. So I congratulate you and I support you. You're doing a fantastic job. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Now, you are where you are today from all this experience and everything you've done. But I'm sure it was challenging at the beginning. So what was your biggest challenge when you first started doing manga dubbing production? When it comes to manga dub production, probably the most difficult area, perhaps, would be would have been editing aspect of the dub production. I didn't want to simply put up a picture and have the voice actor just go through it. I wanted to be detailed. I wanted the visuals on the screen to be as as narrative as emotional. Um, I wanted the visuals to support the audio and vice versa. And the learning curve of editing pictures, which is a skill set that I have absolutely almost zero experience in because I'm all audio, <laughs> as you could imagine, was a learning curve that I really had to learn on how to, on establishing a certain process, perhaps, on taking a certain JPEG or PNG and cutting it, masking it, uh, recoloring, redrawing, typesetting. These types of visual effects that I had to learn how to do was probably the most difficult part. Thankfully for me, as my, thankfully for me because of my theater experience, uh, both as an actor as well, as well as a director and producer, the audio aspect and putting the video together wasn't really a problem. But the uh, experience that I that I had gained as a video editor certainly helped with the visuals in terms of editing the pictures went. But that was that certainly was a, a steep learning curve that I had to kind of learn and adapt to my own style and equipment. But I bet you now you have it down to a science where you could do it with your eyes closed. <laughs> Almost. Uh, only if I could have a steady hand as I cut these images up. That'd be, that'd be even better. Watch, <laughs> once again, imagine tomorrow, automatic steady hands. Boom, done. Alex, 
I could do it with my eyes closed with steady hands. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you have everything good and ready and you know what you're doing, but I still have to ask this question. What are your current biggest challenges? <laughs> I, I know the answer to this, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the, current, the current biggest challenge for me is time. I'm not a self-congratulating type of person, but as my voiceover business, because all the voice actors in, in America, at least, are, so, are entrepreneurs, self-owned businesses. As my voiceover business uh, gets bigger and starts to have increase in client numbers and, and, and the scope of projects, I'm starting to find less and less time for my passion projects. It's a it's a happy problem, and I am not complaining at all. Um, but it's becoming it's becoming a struggle, if you will, to find time where I can work on these manga dubs. Doesn't mean that I'm not doing it, as cert- certainly, but I often find myself at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night um, <laughs> doing the manga dub editing and producing because. I just need it. I have to have it. It gives me happiness and joy. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm willing to sacrifice a few hours of sleep to get that. Now, if somehow one day a, a manga artist approaches me and say, I really want you to make this into a manga dub. Here's some money. Oh, <laughs> how I would love that. Right. And the, the concept is kind of similar to an audiobook, if you will. There are many, many, many titles of books out there that are receiving an audiobook version of. So I, I equate it somewhat to that model. I would imagine there are there will be manga artists out there who would want uh, voice, actual human voices to be attached to their characters and, and watch it come alive, if you will. And uh, that's certainly a goal. Not a goal, maybe, but an eventual destination that I would like to end up in someday. So basically, if you are a manga creator and you're listening to this podcast episode, hire Jun. Just do it. No, (laughs) you don't have a choice. You have to do it. His stuff is amazing. I would support it a thousand percent. And, you know, I'd love to hear more of his voice in the show and his cast as well. It's awesome. (laughs) Do it. And (laughs) this is like an order. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, it's an order. Do it now. And, you know, that might be a little stressful to force a listener to do something. And speaking about stress, the weirdest segue I've done so far, has producing manga (laughs) dub ever stressed you out? Not at all. Not, Not at all. Not a single time. What's that saying? You'll never work a day in your life if you enjoy what you're doing. Something along those lines, right? Thankfully, working as a high school theater teacher has provided so much joy and excitement and happiness in my life because I was I was able to scratch the itch of elevating other vo- other actors, right? I, w- I watched them perform and get better and 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 craft their uh, hone their craft. It was really, really rewarding. And I think I'm going to be a lifelong t- educator in some degree. I'm sure as I get older and and whatever, I start my probably start my own studio and start teaching young actors. I'm sure I'll eventually end up there because of my passion for teaching. At the same time, it brought me so much stress <laughs> as a as a theater teacher, because I would leave the house typically at 7 a.m and go through the school day, teach my classes, and go into rehearsal after school. And then uh, it's typically a month before the, the opening day, it would be evening and night rehearsals. And I wouldn't walk in back through the door until 10 p.m., 11 p.m. at night. Oh, wow. Go through the same process for about a month or so. And there came a time where kids were born, family were started, we moved into a house, all these things were, life things were happening. And there came a time where I would leave 
without seeing my boys, my kids in the in the morning because they'll still be sleeping. And I would come home after the kids have gone to bed. So there will be like weeks on end where I wouldn't literally see my kids. <laughs> and that was becoming a very difficult and very stressful situation. And that's when things happened and life changed and, and something had to change. And voice acting seemed to be a really interesting way to remedy a lot of that. Now, because I have a home, because I have a, a professional quality home studio and I, and I get to work from home, I get to, I get to drop off, make them breakfast in the morning, drop off the kids at school before this whole COVID-19 thing happened, pick them up from school and go to their, go to their performances, end of the year performances, their plays and school events and stuff like that, which I had hadn't been able to do before. So this this occupation as a voice actor, as a producer, as a director of other voice actors has been literally life-saving for me and my family. I don't know where I would be if I if I continue to continue down the path of have, having been a, a theater educator. That's really awesome, man. I'm, man, that's good. I'm, I'm proud. I, I say I'm proud of you, but I had no implication in this, but I'm, I'm proud of you. That's great that you found your passion. You found your calling in it. You did something to do your life better, to be closer to your family, be closer with happiness. And actually talking about being closer with your family, this is a really weird, weird question I'm asking, but have you ever introduced uh, manga dubbing to your children or even included them in one of your projects? <laughs> I have actually. Awesome. Um, <laughs> We're a really creative family. My wife, my wife is a music teacher. She teaches K through eight choral music at, a, at our local school district. And when you have an, an actor dad and a singer slash teacher musician mom, you can't get away. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. Get in the booth. <laughs> record your lines. Um, I don't force them, obviously, but uh, my kids have have definitely shown interest. Like, what's dad doing in there yelling at his <laughs> microphone? Um <laughs> And yeah, I've certainly used their voices in, in little comic dubs and stuff before, and they enjoy the process. And, and it's always fun watching their faces like light up when they hear their voice laid on top of a character, you know, and uh, it's something really innocent and fun for them. And I enjoy doing it. I could imagine this happens to most people who've only done, who've never actually re recorded their voice before. They're like, did I really sound like that? Is that what I sound like? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say a piece to the, I'll, I'll say a piece about that as well. Yeah. Most people have an an idea of what they sound like, like uh, everybody who's listening know exactly in their brain what they sound like. They have an image of it, an audio audio profile of it, perhaps. But when they record their voice into a microphone, that's a quality microphone that doesn't show or hide, that doesn't hide anything, right? The quality microphone with better preamps recording into something really great and they hear their true voice it's a really enlightening experience, I would say. And I've seen the the reactions of beginning voice actors before uh, who make these really interesting faces when they when they hear their <laughs> real voice for the very first time. It's entertaining and it's enlightening and um I it's a lot of fun. That's that's the biggest part. It it happens to me quite often when when I listen back to this I'm like, "Wait, was my voice that deep?" Because when I'm talking, I'm like, "Oh, my voice is a little higher but it, you feel the vibration of your own <laughs> voice so you don't necessarily get to hear your own voice only when you're recording and yeah you're absolutely right so it's cool that you had your kid and did you get your wife to do it as well no she uh <laughs> she refuses <laughs> <laughs> 
Absolutely. So she's tried before, but as as it happens with many people, and if any of the listeners have ever tried to record something in front of a professional microphone in a studio setting, the microphone plays with your head, um, and all you're being asked is to simply say something, or read a script, or to I mean, taking a piece of new, taking a taking a newspaper article and simply narrating it sounds simple enough to most people. Anybody can do that. But when you place that person inside a booth with a microphone pointed at their face, really interesting things happen to that person, Uh, how it plays with your mind and self-consciousness kind of starts creeping in and, and perfectionism kicks in and they break down. And it's the most a heartbreaking thing to watch. At the same time, it's a great educational experience for them if they're an aspiring voice actor. It, it almost feels like they have to impress the mic. Like, oh my goodness, okay, am I dressed okay? Okay, the mic is judging me. Okay, uh, best behavior, best behavior. <laughs> <laughs> but the biggest challenge and trope for beginning voice actors is that they they have a certain voice in their head when they when they perform. The the great example would be the late. Don LaFontaine, who is known as the movie trailer promo person who was really famous for Inner World. He's the guy who did that, right? And all the young aspiring voice actors, they everybody thought that they they needed this voice, Inner World, <laughs> and had to emulate that style. When in reality, everybody's voice as they are, as authentically and as naturally as they exist, is the best weapon is the desired product. And and the case goes with all genres and copies of voiceover, um, where a voiceover, uh, where a voice actor believes that it should sound a certain way and tries to go towards it. And that voice actor ends up recording a very inauthentic um, recording because they're just not being themselves as they should. But being yourself in a booth with a microphone is one of the most difficult things. Yep. You, you know what's strange? Is that some people don't believe this is my real voice. I've, <laughs> and they keep on asking, okay, Alex, come on, tell me your real voice. And like, no, this, this is how I talk. And I've actually, at my work, uh, I answer the phone and I say my line, like I said what I need to say, and the person hung up. And then she <laughs> called again and somebody else answered and she's like, yeah, I called and a robot answered. And I'm like, Robots, because I have a very like, um, announcer voice in a sense. And right. It's not by choice. So like back in high school when my, <laughs> when puberty hit and my voice was just vibrating, apparently my friend who was a couple of seats ahead of me said, yo, Alex, I can feel your voice from over here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, but I do completely agree with you that just being yourself is very important because when I look back at my old songs that I used to. When I rapped maybe 10 years ago, I pretended to do like the deep voice, like the movie trailer voice and stuff like that. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's cringy, but it, it shows where we came from. So I completely agree with you that using your natural, normal voice is always the best thing. Not to say that you can't employ a certain <laughs> character voice. Obviously, it's a it's a craft. At the same time, there's a big difference between looking at voice acting as being able to do different voices versus acting with a microphone. Um, a huge difference. I mean, anybody can do a regular voice or other funny voices on a microphone, sure. But it's only a tool in a tool bag 
and uh, that you have to hone, that a voice actor has to continuously improve and train with until it truly and authentically becomes their own. No, I completely agree with you. And I guess getting inspiration from other people can help, but don't eat. This sounds stupid. I'm not the expert here. You're the expert, but trying to mimic somebody exactly the same. And it might not sound the same on you because you just got to find what hones the best for you. It's very true. And different people have different processes on creating a character voice, certainly. But probably the most common is uh, emulating someone and slightly tweaking it. Um, I could probably create a character voice from your voice. Um, <laughs> you have you have you have this really deep and muddy dark voice thing going on, and if I put a little texture underneath it, and I might be uh, probably like a, a big rock monster. <laughs> that uh, is you awesome. shall not pass. I don't know something along those lines. I could, you know, I'm, I'm Alex, the host of uh, this podcast, <laughs> and maybe brighten it up a little bit and bring it up here a little bit, and now I'm a very sophisticated European uh, lord. You give me your land, otherwise I shall have your head. I don't know. Right? Wow, that was really so, good. So, like, I was just pretending to do the deep voice the whole time. This is actually my real voice. So, it's yeah, it's really a contrast. Exposed. <laughs> exposed. Exposed. He's alive. Phony. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, now to an even darker side. Oh, my. Yes. Uh, what are some misconceptions about people who do manga dub production? I'm not 100% sure in my assessment of the other uh, of the audience's perception in in this realm of manga dubs. Um, certainly, I'm one of the players in this realm, but I don't believe there are many. And there just isn't enough data or or an audience base, if you will, to be able to ascertain the answer to that question. Um, what, what, what I will say, though, is that it's an area that that nobody nobody is paying attention to. Yet, yet, precisely, <laughs> and that kind of and that gives me motivation to bring a light into manga dubs as an art form. We're all focused on anime because it's moving pictures, colors, and and voice acting, sound effects, music, and that's what we imagine as cartoons and, and entertaining form of media. But there's a really heavy, there's a great appreciation for dubbed anime content, as well as I believe manga dubbed content. Maybe I haven't come across the right group yet. I don't know. But maybe maybe one doesn't exist at all. I don't know. What I do know is that there just isn't enough data out there or or an audience group, perhaps, who are gaga for manga dubs. If there isn't one, I would love to create the first one. I don't know. I'm striving on my end to do the best I can, put out the quality product and... Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if I could create an audience base out of it? Well, hopefully I'm doing my part by sharing your story. <laughs> and I'll credit you as one of those uh, ambassadors. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, I want my own little flag on my car when I drive down the street. <laughs> <laughs> little bumper sticker. <laughs> little bumper go. sticker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and another tough question that I'm going to ask you, you. Are you on the edge of your seat? Are you ready for this? Yes, let's go. What has manga dubbing taught you in life? Manga dub production and working on these productions have reaffirmed that it's about the people. I can toot my horn all day by myself about me and everybody else. I can I can create a marketing campaign and shout it from the rooftops, you know. But 
At the end of the day, working on these manga dubs has only reaffirmed the fact that at the end of the day, it's just about people. Um, the relationships that we build as colleagues, the relationships that we build as a performer and audience, the relationships that we build between um, the creator and the resistor, the hate, <laughs> you know, trolls and whatever. Even then, I, I value and treasure it as a relationship. Um, it just means there's more areas where I can I can improve upon. So. And and this has been a well-known concept in my head in, and, in my, and in my heart for as long as I've been alive. All the good productions, all the memorable moments, all the unforgettable experiences were all because of the people that were in it with me in the, in the same journey, in the same project. And being able to work with the cast of voice actors for these projects, as well as finding new ones. When I do go out to cast for new projects and making contact with those people and building, building a rapport and some level of camaraderie with that group so that we can jive together, like you said, a family has been the most life-changing, influential, significant part of the production. So... Maybe not necessarily taught me about life, but rather reaffirmed the fact that it's at, at the end of the day, the people are the most important part of any production. And we're very social creatures and we love to share. We love to talk. We love to live. And that's why you and I are talking, sharing and living in the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so you said this is a very new style of entertainment. Do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? From a logistical standpoint, I would say, as I've mentioned before, have a plan and have the tenacity and the, and the determination and the self-discipline to, to go through it and complete the thing. There are many other aspects and elements of the production that one would be in charge of, as in other voice actors, editors, sound effects, sound designers, musicians, if it's being used are all relying on the director, producer to do their job, really, at the end of the day. And um, dropping a ball for a solo project is one thing, but when there are other people that are relying on each other's skill sets and abilities to pull this thing together, I find it, personally speaking, I find it a very, I find it a, a disservice to everyone else in the team if I don't pull through. And not that that's the motivation because I'm, I love the process that I do and the then the team that I work with get to enjoy the benefit because of that. But rather, rather to have the foresight to plan out the production, have a plan, have actionable steps and plans to execute it well and have the self-discipline to push on on those days where you don't want to do it. Um, that would be the biggest advice that I could offer. You know what? I can't. Say anything else to that? Yeah, just listen to what he has to say. And he absolutely is right. It's one step at a time. And oh, no, I said I was not going to say anything else. Nope, no, no. Yeah, yep, you're right. <laughs> now, I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, and I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, projects that you'd love to share with the audience? Absolutely. For voice acting projects and and content that are related in that area, I would I would point you to any vo any social media that has, carries the handle Voice Moto V O I C E M O T O, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. For manga dub specific content, I would point you to YouTube 
under the channel Kimchi Studio, K-I-M-C-H-I Studio. That's perfect. I'll put all that information below so people can go check that out, show you some love, support, and just watch you grow in your journey of not just you, but also your team, your family. And certainly so. Thank you very much for that. And you as well. Episode 104 is not a light achievement and you've come a long way. That's that's really, really great. It honestly feels like I just started yesterday, but it's probably not. It was back in 2018, which is to almost two years now, which is kind of mind blowing. Wow. But yeah, all by myself, the editing, everything, production. So it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's, I love doing it. It's my hobby, right? If I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> what an inspiration. Yeah, so you, you're definitely pulling me forward. So nicely done, sir. We're pulling each other forward. We're helping each other. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the last question, I've asked, I asked this question on the end of every single episode. Do you have any questions for me about manga dubbing or manga, sorry, manga dubbing production? You had mentioned that you weren't fully aware of that. I would, I would ask, not, not as a question, but rather a call to action, perhaps. I would ask that you... Uh, read more mangas. And I say this because there are literally thousands of titles on various platforms of this literature. Um, I'm not sure if you're, you're, you're an avid reader or not, but these graphic novels, the, the storytelling um, is absolutely phenomenal. As, as the famous director for, of, of uh, Parasite said in his speech, as, uh, once you get over that one inch bar that happens at the at the bottom of your screen, you're you'll be open to so much more content, film in his case. But in my in your case, I would recommend visiting a manga website and they'll have English versions available for you that that's been translated and localized. And there are so many rich and 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 multifaceted and and important and fulfilling characters and stories and plot lines and themes. Um, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> I apologize. That 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 are waiting to be explored. It's like there's a treasure trove on the other side of the hill that you can easily get to. And once you get there, there's just so much more to be explored and appreciated. And and I really think that. Any human being who allows him or herself to be open to new experiences of that nature will gain a lot from it. Um, there are stories and characters that are absolutely unforgettable, impactful, meaningful, significant, philosophical, as well as funny and wacky and slapstick <laughs> as well. So there's just so much to be explored that that most of the, uh, the American audience is not exposed to. And I would love nothing more than to change that. So the funny thing is, when I said I didn't have much experience in it, I meant the dubbing of ma manga. Oh, I've I read manga my <laughs> whole entire life. I even like when I was a kid, I was reading Dragon Ball Z in French. I had all the books. Nice. I have the manga apps. I've, my favorite manga is One Punch Man because he's bald. There's not that many bald superheroes, so I'm like, yes, <laughs> uh, Doctor Stone. I'm reading and watching re um, currently. Vikings. There's a lot of mangas I've read and um, animes I've watched, so I am I'm very very familiar. <laughs> I love the stories. <laughs> then I'll change. Then I'll change it. Fine. <laughs> I would ask that you you I would ask that you give it a try. The visuals don't have to be edited to the caliber that I do. It's simple matter of taking the manga pages, putting it in a in a in an editing stream on your favorite video editor, and recording your audio over it and placing it the right places. 
Anybody, anybody can create a manga dub, and I'd encourage you, Alex, to try it. And maybe this could be a really interesting segue into your into the beginning of your voice acting career. Who knows? I would, I would love. I've always thought of doing voice acting, but I know it's a lot harder than it looks. Like there's a lot of techniques and stuff like that. And you know what? I might give that a try. What you were saying, just trying one of my favorite mangas and try voice acting. The only thing that might be difficult for my voice to do would be a female voice. I don't know how convincing I could be. Without... Oh, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> That'd be something interesting to listen to for the first time. My wife will just look at me like, what are you doing? Are you talking yeah, to anybody? Old... No, you're just recording your voice by yourself. Okay. <laughs> she says that to me every day. Yeah. Uh, I feel like our wives are friends. They know each other. Cause I didn't, I wasn't able to convince my <laughs> wife to do this podcast and your wife didn't want to do the voice acting. So they're the same person. <laughs> yep. Uh, wives are, are mysterious creatures. That's for sure. Uh, that we love very much. If you're listening. That we love very yeah, much. I love, you, <laughs> I love you, honey. Exactly. Honey. That's what I was going to say. Yes, ma'am. Of course I'll do the dishes. Yeah. Yes, of course. She's like right behind me right now watching. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, June, for just coming on and just expanding my mind. And this was a wonderful conversation. I didn't want to interrupt you at the end when you're asking the statement for me to read more manga because I'm like, oh, but I do. But I don't want to interrupt because maybe this will apply for somebody else. But I really did enjoy it. Thank you very much for having me. It was a great conversation. I had a lot of fun. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. You're wonderful. <laughs> oh, well, that's because you're wonderful. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and uh, if you guys want to learn more about June, you can go check him out in the link below. I'll put a bunch of links where you can find him and just all the things he talked about. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, you can leave a review. You know, reviews are great. It helps me grow. It helps me learn new things. And if you want to show more support to the podcast, I sell merchandise on Redbubble and also have a patron, which will be in the link below. If you don't want to, that's cool. I'm ha I have 104 episodes. I don't think I'm going to stop anytime soon. Uh, so I'm just going to keep going. And once again, thank you so much, June. Thank you for having me, Alex. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.